Welcome back to Via the Source, where you can get news about the entire NFL and, of course, the Miami Dolphins. Fins up. Here's Steven, your host. What's up, guys? Today's date is September 16th. I'm Steven Masso. As always, you're listening to Via the Source. Now, in today's episode, we're going to be going over the main headlines and a quick little recap from week one across the NFL. Just a quick one, touch on all the games, some of my thoughts on some of the teams and the main headlines from the first week of football. Now, we also have some rumors about some potential trades across the NFL regarding Odell Beckham Jr. and Allen Robinson. Both of those are rumored to be potential trade candidates, and I'm going to be discussing whether they are viable options for the Dolphins and other teams that I think they could land on and work with. And then to wrap up today's episode, we're going to be going over some of the details from last week's game between the Patriots and the Dolphins and how I think that could carry over to the Week 2 matchup against the Buffalo Bills. So to dive right into it, some of the main headlines from Week 1. And I think one of the most impressive performances and one that I really wanted to go over and I was excited to talk about was Kyler Murray's game against the San Francisco 49ers. Here is a guy that many were predicting to be this year's uh, Lamar Jackson because of his ability to run, and I think he has a better arm than Lamar Jackson. I think Kyler Murray, he may be a small guy, and everyone always talks about uh, him getting balls batted down at the line of scrimmage, but the guy has a cannon, and in this game, he had 230 yards. He had a touchdown. He did throw an interception, but 13 carries for 91 yards and another touchdown in this game. He was very hard to stop, and his ability to run was magnificent. Somebody on Twitter alluded to his stat. He always does a good job when it comes to either sliding or getting out of bounds and protecting himself. I know that was one of the major red flags for Kyler Murray was he's a small guy. He likes to run. He's going to get hit a lot. There's no way he survives in the NFL. But just like Lamar Jackson, he knows how to avoid contact. He is not like Cam Newton who's going to go on and head on. He's going to take what he can and then give himself up. And you could tell that when he plays, he is very conscious and aware of where the defenders are. And I was really impressed by Kyler Murray just dissecting this very elite level San Francisco defense, tearing them apart. His connection with DeAndre Hopkins, who already had 14 catches, 151 yards in his debut, came a yard short of a huge touchdown play. I think that trade was an absolute steal for them. I know the Texans had some success with David Johnson, but I think they're going to be regretting giving up DeAndre Hopkins. I think this tandem with with him and Kyler Murray is just an absolute perfect one. Now, uh, San Francisco side of the ball. They had a great performance from Raheem Mostert who got that contract extension. He had 56 yards on the ground, 95 through the air, including a 76-yard touchdown. And then Jarek McKinnon, he finally returned to the field and he had a touchdown in this game. So again, always a committee here in San Francisco. Now it's just a matter of can they get another receiver here to help out the team. Now we move on to the game between the Seattle Seahawks and the Falcons. Seahawks won this game by a score of 38 to 24. It was all business for Russell Wilson, a terrific stat line, 31 for 35, 322 yards and four touchdowns on the day. He connected with DK Metcalf, who had a pretty big day, 95 yards and a touchdown. On the opposite side, Todd Gurley made his debut with the Falcons, 56 yards rushing and a touchdown for him. Now we move on to the game between the New York Jets and the Buffalo Bills. Bills won this one score of 27 to 17. It was a huge day for Josh Allen who had his first career 
300-yard passing performance, 312, two touchdowns through the air. He also had a rushing touchdown and another 57 yards. So 300 yards passing and 57 on the ground. Huge day for him. Stephon Diggs, great debut for him, 86 yards. They absolutely demolished the Jets. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, only 14 yards rushing, looked pretty rough over there. He was just placed on the IR. The Jets are already beginning to unravel in my eyes. Now we move on to the game between the Bears and the Lions. Trubisky, three touchdowns in this game. They beat the Lions by a score of 27 to 23. The Lions could have won this one. Rookie running back DeAndre Swift dropped a wide open touchdown in the end zone. So the, the Bears end up winning this game again, 27 to 23. Uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers got off to a seamless start to the season. They beat the Vikings by a score of 43 to 34. Rodgers 364 yards, four touchdowns, a massive day for Devontae Adams, 156 yards and two touchdowns. Adam Thielen on the opposite end, 110 yards and two touchdowns. So it was a good performance from Thielen. Now we move on to the game between the Washington football team and the Philadelphia Eagles. The football team won this game by a score of 27 to 17. It was a rough day for Carson Wentz who was trying to do too much. He had two interceptions in this game. Also got sacked eight times. Just a rough outing for him. The, the football team's defense looked absolutely great in this one. Huge surprising win for them. I thought against a team in the Eagles who are going to be more competitive this year. We move on to the game. Raiders won 34 to 30 over the Carolina Panthers. Three touchdowns for Josh Jacobs getting off back where he was right before the Jaguars beat the Colts score of 27 to 20 with a huge performance from Gardner Minshew just absolutely efficient 19 of 20 three touchdowns 173 yards LaVisca Chenault as a rookie got his first touchdown of the season good performance overall from the Jaguars Marlon Mack is out for the season with an Achilles injury now another team that was all business was the Baltimore Ravens back to how they were last season 38 to 6 over the Cleveland Browns Lamar Jackson a huge day for him 275 yards three touchdowns touchdowns another 45 on the ground rookie JK Dobbins had two touchdowns in this game so it was a great performance from him and then on the opposite side of the ball the Cleveland Browns surprisingly came out looking lifeless again a uh, horrible day for Baker Mayfield 189 yards a touchdown and an interception Odell Beckham Jr. only had 22 yards receiving he was targeted 10 times though he had a few drops and he just looked completely defeated in terms of his uh, body language in this game now we move on to the game between the Chargers and the Bengals the Chargers ended up winning this game kind of luckily which is kind of contrary to what we typically think of when we look at how Chargers end their games they usually blow them last minute but in this case they got some luck Randy Bullock missed a game winning or game tying rather uh, field goal to end the game rough out for him but Joe Burrow looked pretty good he had 193 yards he did have an interception but the highlight of the game came on this huge 23 yard scamper into the end zone so he had a rushing touchdown in this one also connected with AJ Green on what would have been a touchdown but they called offensive pass interference but AJ Green looks healthy looks like he could be back to his wide receiver one status as long as he remains healthy now a little side note here the right tackle Bobby Hart for the Bengals was just letting absolutely any 
anybody through. So if you see him mentioned on your Twitter timeline, you need to go check out what was happening because he was just letting anybody get to Joe Burrow like if he had some personal vendetta against him. Now the Buccaneers lost their first game with Tom Brady against the New Orleans Saints by a score of 34-23. Drew Brees came out here and didn't really look that efficient in this game. 18 for 30, 160 yards. He did have two touchdowns. On the opposite side of the ball, Tom Brady, 22 for 36, 239 yards. He had two touchdowns. He did have two interceptions. One of them was really bad. It was a pretty good day for Ronald Jones. I really liked what I saw from him and his ability to be explosive. I've been hard on him on the podcast, uh, you know, in previous episodes, but I think he was a pretty good rusher in this game, and I have to give him that. But again, the interceptions for Tom Brady look pretty rough, including the pick six by Janoris Jenkins in this game. The Los Angeles Rams beat the Cowboys by a score of 20-17. It was a huge day, first game in that stadium. A uh, huge day for Malcolm Brown, who had 79 yards rushing and two touchdowns, another 31 yards through the air. Uh, the Rams looked pretty good out there, and there were some very key mistakes from the Cowboys that made this very winnable game a loss for them. Now we move on to the game between the Steelers and the Giants Steelers won this game by a score of 26 to 16. Very surprisingly, I was very worried about Ben Roethlisberger at the beginning of this game. The offense looked absolutely chaotic. They looked like it was a mess, and James Conner couldn't get anything going. He had six carries for nine yards, ended up leaving the game with an ankle injury. They put in Benny Snell, who went off, had a huge day, 19 carries, 113 yards. Ben Roethlisberger in his return, 229 yards, three touchdowns. I don't really think he did anything spectacular, but his receivers were able to get open, namely Juju Smith-Schuster, 69 yards, two touchdowns. Claypool also had some great catches, including one at this on the sidelines for 28 yards. Uh, the defense here for Pittsburgh was outstanding. Just a great game for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then the last game of the week, the Titans beat the Broncos, score of 16 to 14. They won in their typical fashion. Derrick Henry here, 31 carries, 116 yards. Uh, Corey Davis had a pretty big day for seven catches, 101 yards. And then on the opposite side, Denver Broncos did not have Cortland Sutton in this game. They had to rely on a few other players. Noah Fant, second year tight end out of Iowa. Just a guy who is an absolute freak physically. Huge day for him, 81 yards and a touchdown. Jerry Judy, the rookie who has some of the best route running in the league, had 56 yards in this game. Philip Lindsay ended up leaving the game, opened it up for Melvin Gordon, who had 78 yards rushing and a touchdown. Okay, guys, so that is your week one recap. Let me know what you think. Now we're going to move on to some rumors that Odell Beckham Jr. and Allen Robinson both want to be traded. Now, it was interesting because these both came out. Mike Francesca uh, reported that Odell Beckham Jr that the Browns were shopping him. And then later the Browns came out and said that that is not true. Then we had Allen Robinson, who was also reported to have requested a trade from the Bears. His agent came out and said that is not true, but they are not satisfied with the contract situation. So you have two interesting things there. We know how this goes. Even if there are reports that a team wants to trade someone, they may not. And then there's also times where if the agent says that that was not true, they still get traded regardless. So both of these guys, everyone's going to ask, well, should the Dolphins make a move for either of these two guys? And first I'll talk about Odell Beckham Jr. And when it comes to Odell Beckham Jr., 
here. If you are a new listener to the podcast, I am very big on Odell Beckham. I am one of the few defenders of not only his talent, because I think that's more undeniable, but when it comes to his passion, I'm the one who tends to think that it is a good thing. I am not one that says that these guys should be robots. I think that sometimes if there are bad performances, that the emotion gets the best of them. And I think in order to play a sport like football, so high contact, so aggressive, that you need to have a ton of emotion and passion. And at times that's going to boil over. So with that being said, even though I am very big on Odell Beckham Jr., I don't think the Dolphins should be the one to go out and make a move for him. And again, I love the talent that is there, but I don't think that Odell Beckham Jr., and his body language, as I mentioned earlier, would be a good fit for a team that is in a rebuild. I mean, Odell Beckham Jr. was with the Giants. They couldn't really get anything going in terms of wins, and now he is extremely frustrated with the Browns and their current situation and the amount of losing that they have been doing. So I don't think putting him on a team with how his personality is right now with his attitude is going to be a good fit for a team that is rebuilding because when you're rebuilding things aren't always going to go smoothly there are going to be losses there are going to be bad plays there are going to be bad outings and I think Odell Beckham Jr. is at a point in his career where he wants to compete right now and he doesn't want to be in a, a rebuilding state that is looking more towards the future and I think that's a fair argument and again when it comes to Odell I mean this is a guy who already got paid he got his big contract. He could easily be, uh, you know, just sitting down there and collecting his paycheck and not really care whether the team wins or loses. But I think there's kind of this uh, paradox here because you have instances where I'm allude to Carmelo Anthony, that people are constantly criticizing him because he took the money over the championship when he stayed with the Knicks. They constantly criticized him. Or here you have a guy like Odell. I mean, he got paid. And he's still mad about losing and people want him to be quiet. So you kind of have to pick your side. What Do you want your guy to take the money and just be quiet and not care about winning? Or do you want him to be fed up with losing? And I think that is kind of what is happening with Odell Beckham Jr. I just think he needs to go to a team that is more competitive right now because I do think that he could be kind of a toxic person in a team that is losing. If you put him on a competitor though, I think that toxicity could be outweighed by his talent and that could bring him some sort of success. And uh, again, I don't think the Dolphins are that team, but I do think teams like the San Francisco 49ers, that's the first team that I would point at, that they need a receiver. They have uh, Debo Samuel on IR, Marquise Goodwin elected to opt out. They could still compete this year. And then uh, Bill Belichick, if you go to the Patriots, you know what you signed up for. You know you are going somewhere that is always going to be competitive. I think that works out well for Odell Beckham Jr. They need a receiver there deeply. And I know some people thought the Patriots were going to tank, but as long as Bill Belichick's there, I don't think the Patriots are ever thinking about tanking. And then one final team that I don't think is going to be competitive, but with the staff they have in place, they are forced to be competitive if they want to keep their job. And that is the New York Jets. So I don't think the Jets will be competitive, but they need to do something over there if they want to keep their jobs. So I would be looking at the New York Jets to also be a team that is interested if Odell is indeed being shopped around. Another team there is, of course, the Philadelphia Eagles who are constantly ravaged by injuries and need a true wide receiver one since Alshon Jeffrey is constantly out. That move would make a ton of sense for them too. Now, Allen Robinson, this is a different story because I do think Allen Robinson makes more sense 
for the Dolphins than Odell Beckham because the Dolphins, uh, they don't need to win right now. If they needed to do that, I would understand going after a guy like Odell and risking the, the personality and the attitude and all that stuff, but they don't need to win right now. They can go out and get Allen Robinson. The issue here is that he is going to be a free agent. He's in a contract year, so the Dolphins would need to be kind of making a pitch for him to stay. They would need to be trading something with the idea in mind uh, that he would be signing here long term because you don't want a Kawhi Leonard situation where you go out and get a guy just for him to take off somewhere else, especially if you're going to be trading uh, a draft pick for that. So there is some risk involved, but I do like the Dolphins' ability to make that offer and have confidence in him signing long term. And same thing goes for Allen Robinson with the other teams I mentioned. Allen Robinson would be a tremendous fit for the San Francisco 49ers, for the Philadelphia Eagles, especially the New York Jets. All those teams I mentioned earlier uh, would benefit from a guy like Allen Robinson. I'm just kind of weary of the Odell Beckham Jr. personality in this Miami Dolphins locker room because it kind of runs against everything else in terms of the guys that they have brought in here. I'm not sure if that would be the proper move, bringing in a guy who is already fed up with losing to a team that might still be losing a bit because they are rebuilding. Now, to wrap up this episode, we're going to be discussing a few things. This isn't the full preview of the game between the Bills by any means, but I'm just going to be talking about some quick notes and what I expect to see done differently or what I hope to see done differently by the Dolphins. Now, the Dolphins last week, I said this, they look completely unprepared for Cam Newton's mobility. And now they're going to be going up against a guy who is extremely mobile every single time they play. There's no questions about what Josh Allen is going to do. He's going to run the ball. And last week, he had a pretty good performance in terms of passing it too. So this might be a pretty good test to see what you have here in this secondary that the Dolphins invested in so heavily. They're going up against Stephon Diggs. They're going up against John Brown. They're going up against Cole Beasley. And I have confidence in the Dolphins' ability to shut down Diggs and to shut down Brown to some extent. They got Byron Jones, they got Xavier Howard, they paid him that money for a reason, but they need to do something to address the Cole Beasley situation because Julian Edelman was torching Jamal Wilt when I watched the videos and they cannot afford to have Cole Beasley uh, taken lightly because he is somebody who at this point in his career, I mean, the guy might not be an athletic freak, but the guy gets separation. He gets open. The Dolphins cannot afford to have another game where they are dominated by the quarterback running and by a slot receiver dominating the pass game. They cannot afford to do that. So they need to get creative with how they're going to stop the run, with how they're going to address some of the other receivers because the Bills might come out in situations where they have four or more receivers on the field. So I'm not worried about the two receiver threats as much as I am about some of the role players for the Bills and who the Dolphins are going to be putting on them. Now, guys, that is how I'm going to wrap up today's episode. As always, if you could follow me on Twitter, that is at via the source. If you want to follow my personal Twitter, that is at Shady Steven. Now, if you could also subscribe to my YouTube channel, I've been posting more of my podcasts and the content on there. So there's a video element as well. And it seems like people have really been enjoying that. So if you could subscribe and help me hit that 1000 sub mark, that would be a huge goal of mine and it would it would be a huge help. So that would be awesome. And if you could leave a review, on the Apple Podcast app or wherever you listen to the show, that again, that would also be a massive help. And guys, I can't thank you enough. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. Until next time though, I'm Steve Amasso and this was Via the Source.